There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I walked back out and there were reporters in the front of the Capitol. And in front of reporters, Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a fucking And I'm calling on all Chicagoans that if you see something that doesn't look right, please don't hesitate to report it. Call 911. Call 311. We are going to remain diligent. And if we see any steps out of line, particularly with DHS or Border Patrol, we are not going to hesitate to take the president to court and stop any unconstitutional actions. Mariano Rivera, you know, he's the Sandman, right? He is the Sandman. Greatest relief pitcher in the history of baseball. What a nightmare that guy was to watch him as a Red Sox fan just destroy the dreams of, uh, of Red Sox fans. Man, that was a tough time. Tough time until 2004, and then everything went right. And then a lot of us stopped caring, but now they've got a big Black Lives Matter sign at Fenway Park. So there's a lot of virtuous people, a lot of virtuous decisions being made down there at Fenway. Times have changed, but uh, who knows? It's fine. Don't go to Portland or Oregon. That's what I would say. It's my first bit of, as your travel agent... Let's um, avoid Portland, Oregon. What's happened with Portland is the same thing that happened with Seattle and uh, for a while with Minneapolis and other areas of other cities. Portland is uh, it's besieged by violent rioters pretty much every night. They go in and try to destroy everything that they deem is fit for destruction. The mayor's name is Ted Wheeler, and uh, he he's, uh, you know in spirit on the side of the violent mobs 
And these are Antifa types. Just looking at most of the video, but college-educated white kids is what I'm seeing. But they're doing. They're part of the uh, the great unraveling here, great cultural unraveling. So they're going in and um, trying to destroy, among other things, federal buildings and light them on fire. And they keep bashing the windows and bashing the doors down and lighting them on fire and fi- shooting fireworks at at them. And then and then the, when the cops do come out of the building, of course, the crowd throws bricks and frozen water bottles and who knows what else at their heads. And um, and. Uh, you know, and it just repeats night after night, and the cops get injured and, and some badly hurt. And we've seen this across the country. There's been violence in every major city. Essentially, is up. That may be an overstatement, but I, I'm I fair. Violence in many, many major cities is up drastically, dramatically by a couple hundred percent in some cases. And uh, you know, there are more murders happening in these cities. And Philly is having a terrible year. New York is having a terrible year. It's like the bad old days of the 1990s or 1970s. And uh, nobody's really, you know, people don't want to talk about that and all the crime that's being done and all the horrific things that are being done to these these neighborhoods, the personal property. The 2020, the year, the great reckoning for black Americans has turned into the worst year for black Americans in about 50 years. But nobody's reporting the downside. I mean, the, the elites don't want you to, worry about the downside and that's you know what matters for people in hometowns like arlington by the way where a black lives matter sign was hanging in the high school for some reason uh it was now uh was uh vandalized i don't know what kind of vandalism apparently it was spray painted i don't know if they wrote a word or just spray painted it over over but it is it's a big news arlington police have said arlington police are actively investigating the incident and asking anyone with information to tell us about it they say we're thoroughly investing the incident and treating it with the utmost seriousness. This is a banner that was hanging at a construction site that somebody has vandalized. That's the utmost seriousness happening. This act of vandalism, this is the chief, this act of vandalism not only damaged school property, but it sent a hurtful message to the entire community that contradicts the shared values the banner was meant to convey. <clears throat> Somebody in the school says, uh, wrote, we're very disappointed that this banner was defaced as it was a way for students, teachers, and administrators to state a shared principle for the school. It's very painful to see it vandalized. How is this? How, where is the word pain coming into this for some reason? It's hurtful, said the cops. It's painful, said the, said the, uh, <clears throat> the school people. What, why are you like raising people and cultivating the community to feel pain because some jerk spray paints something. Are you actually feeling pain? Are you in pain? There are jerks spray painting things all the time. I had, over the last election cycle, I had um, I had signs of a particular candidate, you can guess, and those were stolen a couple of times. I, I was not in pain or hurt because it was stolen. Who's teaching people to be these softies? You spray painted on a banner hanging at a high school? I was hurtful and painful. God, stop hurting and feeling pain. Stop it, okay? There's hurt and pain happening in the real black communities, not Arlington, Massachusetts. In the real black communities where you've been, you same people who are talking about how hurt and in pain you are on social media there have uh, endorsed this violence happening in cities. 
which has destroyed black-owned businesses and is erupt has caused the police, uh, you know, to retreat, which has caused murders to rise in taking black lives, the black lives that matter. Hey, what a joke. You're in pain. Shut up. Ugh, my God. You know who's in pain is my friend in uh, Portland, Oregon, Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler, next to Fry from Minneapolis, Ted Wheeler may be the biggest single uh, sissy mayor in the country. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? I mean, most, a lot of the mayors are tied. And the white male mayors, since everything comes down to race classification and to gender classifications, I'm playing the game too. They seem to be the wimpiest. They're not representing very well. So here's <laughs> his city's on fire. Listen to this guy. He's just fantastic. His city's on fire. There's <clears throat> the uh, bad guys and mobs rule the streets. Ted Wheeler goes out this week to visit the thugs and hooligans who are destroying the city to engage in a series of listening sessions. Hmm. So he's going to go engage these folks, the, the protesters, and listen to their complaints. Well, I mean, I think that probably goes well. What usually happens when you uh, go, you know, and join into a, a listening session and bend the knee and beg forgiveness from a mob? They are not feeling tear gas, Ted. So here's another part of his listening session as he's walking through the crowd. That's the feds! That is the feds! He's yelling at Ted, saying that's the feds over there who are protecting themselves from the thugs. Pepper balls and tear gas, the mayor of Portland. I heard it. Those are the feds, Ted. Isn't it incredible to hear these these Antifa thugs complain about a federal response when they're simply trying to you know exercise their rights to arson and destruction on federal property? And I they always they're always like this. They're always shocked when law enforcement comes back at them. And of course, now they should be shocked because mayors like Ted Wheeler have said, we're not going to do anything to stop you guys. Burn everything you need, please. Please do whatever you need. I don't want any trouble here. I don't want any trouble. It's all about Trump anyway. And all they do is they castigate him and say, look what you did, Ted. You did this. What are you going to do? You're what are you going to do, Ted? What the fuck is Ted turning at the mayor of Portland? What are you going to do? Sounds like a fun listening se session, huh? Jesus Christ. Ted Wheeler. Look at, listen to this mayor. And of course, we know whose fault all this is. I can tell you uh, with 100% honesty, I saw nothing that provoked this response. No! No, 
Oh, nobody sees anything. No, just if you go through social media, just watch them kicking in the building, lighting the building on fire, a building occupied by federal employees. It's nasty stuff. I'm not afraid that I am pissed off. What are you pissed about? This, this, this is a egregious overreaction. Egregious overreaction compared to Ted's no reaction, letting these hooligans destroy the people's city. Jesus, what is this guy's, what is his reason for being? On the part of the federal officers, there was nothing that I saw anybody do that warranted this reaction. Um, and all it's doing, as you can see, so how do you stop this There's nothing. It sounds like it's pretty tranquil, doesn't it? Can you imagine that? Nothing for this reaction. Well, they're being arrested, Ted, because they're destroying federal property. And the federal law enforcement does that, especially when they have to do it to fill the void because you've called back all of your guys, Ted. Those who are left, those who aren't quitting and resigning because they're sick of having rocks hucked at their heads or being castigated and called racists. Jesus, what a, what a, a poisonous person this guy is. Can you imagine? He's there ostensibly... He is your line of defense, and he has turned on the people. And he's turned on law enforcement. He's turned on the good guys. And he's disgusted by the federal overreach, the federal people filling the void. No, your job, federal people, is to have the, that building get overrun, to have them burn that building around. If you burn alive inside, well, that's part of the cause. This is 2020. This is you. We're starting right now. We have to atone for... You know, year, centuries of badness on our part. And it starts with letting these people, who are privileged white middle class people, it, it, letting them act out in horrifically violent ways. Ways where, if you or I went down there and lit a fire, uh, would not be allowed. But they're right, lighting the right kind of fire, and they're throwing the right kind of bricks at the right kind of people. So Ted, Ted, Ted Wheeler is just completely um, offended by the feds. They fired munitions, they fired teachers to address. All it's done is piss everybody off even more. It's made people angry. They've come in and they've clicked a hornet's nest. This is not a de-escalation strategy. This is flat out urban warfare. Uh-huh. And it's being brought on the people of this country by the president of the United States. And it's got to stop now. This is a it's Trump who did it. Trump is responsible for all the violence that's happening. When those, when the bad Antifa people light the fires and, and shoot the, the you know, weapons-grade fireworks and, and destroy the buildings, destroy the cars, destroy the black-owned businesses, that simply doesn't happen. Ted's mind isn't recording that. Didn't happen. When somebody you know, responds from law enforcement, Ted sees that, and only that. That's where he starts recording in his mind. Kicked a hornet's nest. Ted, you're not supposed to have a hornet's nest in your city. The point is you take care of hornet's nests so that the people can thrive in the city, so that, that, that people can live civilized existences in the city. The hornet's nest. Jesus Christ. You're not supposed to be occupied by violent thugs, you moron. God. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, of course. In, in Chicago, where 14 people were gunned down at a funeral. A couple of days ago, she also wants people to know. Remember, if you see anything, you see any of these feds get out of line, you know who to call. And I'm calling on all Chicagoans that if you see something that doesn't look right, 
please don't hesitate to report it. Call 911, call 311. We are gonna remain diligent, and if we see any steps out of line, particularly with DHS or Border Patrol, we are not gonna hesitate to take the president to court and stop any unconstitutional actions. That's great, thanks, I feel a lot safer now. Can you imagine that? That's the priority. The priority is, (laughs) the priority is to sue the president. It's not the fact that you've got dozens and dozens of young men, women, and children in those communities being shot every weekend, if shot every day. No, that's not this. That's that's neither here nor there. It is incredible, incredible. <laughs> Let us know if you see anything and call the cops. Yeah, the people who we just said were worthless, the people who we're, we're going to defund and we treat like uh, you know brown shirts. Nancy Pelosi put out a statement about uh, Trump's cops the other day, and she she connected it to John Lewis, his his uh, funeral. Um, she said, she said in the statement, "We are again reminded of the immense power of peaceful protest in the fight against racial injustice and pre- police brutality." That was with John Lewis. Then she goes on to say, "The Trump administration shows its lack of respect for the dignity and First Amendment rights of all Americans." Now, videos show the feds kidnapping protesters in unmarked cars in Portland, all with the goal of inflaming tensions for their own gain. Can you imagine? That's the leader of the House of Representatives. That's what she's saying. Once again, overlooking all of the violence, overlooking the communities that are being destroyed, which are the Black Lives communities, by the way. Nope, doesn't care. Doesn't care. This is all about politics. This is anarchy in the streets, and the Democrats are applauding it. The media is applauding this. And how dare Trump do anything? You don't remember all of these people applauding this in the media? They don't live in these neighborhoods. They don't have to worry. These people live in Arlington, Massachusetts, Wellesley, Massachusetts, you know, Beverly Hills, um, Darien, Connecticut. They live in really nice towns. Sure, they did their part. You know, they took, they went in the center of town and they took a knee and they did the, you know, it's on Facebook. You can go see it if you want to. Who cares what happens in the in the communities? The black communities, they're not going there. Not their problem. As long as they signaled, you know, their, their virtuosity, virtuousness uh, on social media, their work is done. They feel good about themselves. They've moved on. And don't try to think you can join them, by the way, people in, in communities that have been have, uh, have been maligned in the past because their property taxes keep going up and up. And, you know, that's not, uh, that's not a systematic racism, even though it keeps you out of those communities. That's not by any means. No, they're, re- they're really good people. They'll tell you they are. You seen this AOC stuff about AOC... AOC got in a squabble with um, who was the guy? Another, another uh, lawmaker. Is it Yoho? Yoho? Yo, Ted Yoho. Supposedly, there he got in the confrontation right outside of the Capitol, and supposedly he called her the B word, and uh, he gave this. Uh, he says he didn't do it, and there's no recording of it that I've heard. I don't know if he did it or not. But anyway, she, AOC was not having it on the floor of the uh, Congress today. I walked back out, and there were reporters in the front of the Capitol. 
And in front of reporters, Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a fucking bitch. These are the words that Representative Yoho levied against a congresswoman. The congresswoman that not only represents New York's 14th congressional district, but every congresswoman and every woman in this country. So um, I don't know if he called her or not, but let's just say for our purposes he did. A couple things on it. One, that term is in modern, in 2020, as we all know, that term is generally reserved. It's a misogynist term. It's a sexist term. It's reserved in common parlance for people to describe women who are strong-headed and uh, power-hungry or like Anna Winter in that, whatever that movie was, uh, about Deborah Wears Prada. So you know how it's used. That's how, that's how people use it. Men and women both use it. Um, and I guess, um, I, you know, I, I, certainly if Trump was a woman, people would be using that about him. Among well, first of all, it's obviously it's crude and it's a it's a it's a it's a mean thing to say and a stupid thing to say if you're a congressman to say. It. But also, just one one other thing, AOC does not fit the description that that word um, is supposed to mean. She's not that. She's usually very positive. She's uh, she's got a sense of humor. She's she's uh, you know very strong headed, and but she's she usually uses pos- uses some kind of positivity when she slaps back during her Instagram things and her Twitter things, etc. You can call her crazy and um, and dumb if you want or whatever, but she's not that that thing that you that you say there th- that word. And I'm not saying it by the way. I've got a day job, so among other things. That, and uh, and I just there's no reason to say it, but she's not that. I you know I kind of like AOC. I don't think she knows anything. I think that 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 uh, the Green New Deal is ridiculous, but um, but it's 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 symbolic of something else, you know. In some ways, she's like Trump. She's a much younger Donald Trump. She knows how to use social media. She, <coughs> sorry, she speaks and symbolically. You know, it's it's a um, Scott Adams would say it's persuasion. You know, we're going to build a wall, and Mexicans going Mexico is going to pay for it. Was a persuasive uh, phrase or sentence for Trump to use, even though it wasn't accurate. But the fact that he says we're going to build the wall and Mexican Mexico is going to pay for it certainly tells you he's at least going to build the wall. I mean, you don't say you're going to build the wall and Mexico is going to pay for it unless you're certainly at least going to build it. We'll see what happens. You know, it's like persuasion. So her Green New Deal and all the, the, you know, the wild uh, uh, bullet points that that have to do with it, it's to people on the left, it's just, you know, it, it, the spirit of it is in the right direction. And they, and they like it. And she has been clever in going back and forth. This is literal. This isn't literal. This is literal. This isn't literal. It's, it's clever. I wish we had an AOC on our side. On the on the Republican side, I, I don't love either. I don't love either party. I'll say, but and I know that you're just gonna want me to hate AOC, but I don't. I think she's interesting. Uh, I'd like the idea. I mean, she's she came from like a, a middle class family, I believe. I think they they got more money as she got older. 
She went to uh, she went to um, BU. She's got a chemistry degree. I think that's very interesting. Oh no, is it economics? No, she won a chemistry contest in in high school, and I'm, she's an interesting person. Uh, and I, I'm not, I just don't have time to hate everybody, and I don't agree with any of her politics. If she gets uh, if she gets voted out of office, then I'll be fine. There's no way a Republican beats her, but you know. You know, I mean, and also you know, with this thing, whether or not this guy said this about her, this is going to be good for her politically. I don't hate her. If I was in the, so there are people who I can, there are people I, I very much, I'm not going to use the word hate because like, that's a, that that's, that means essentially you'd like to see them dead. And I, I don't need to see anybody dead. I do not like Adam Schiff. He'd be on my, I do not, I am not a fan of Adam Schiff. I am definitely not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. I wish we had somebody who was a strong leader as she is uh, for the Republicans. She is totally gutsy. She's cynical. She leaves no prisoner prisoners. I don't think it's good for you know the society that she's the way she is. But hey, you want a good fighter? She's in there, and I mean, I mean actually, <laughs> she's Trumpian too. She's willing to just throw it on. Paul Ryan was did not have that. I mean, he was a wonk and a nerd, and I, he had his, and I liked him just fine. But he does not have what Pelosi have, has. I mean, I don't know that she's necessarily stable. Uh, I do get an uncomfortable feeling when I watch her kind of uh, speak and quiver, and 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 her phrases just fall to pieces sometimes, and I get a little nervous watching her sometimes. But if I was on the other side, you know who I who I don't like? I don't like Matt Gates. He's on the he's a Republican. And I know that people love him. He's a good Trumpian red-blooded guy, but if I were a Democrat, I would hate him. There's something about the way he carries himself. Like I had I had a problem with uh with Swalwell as the Democrat. There was something about him. Man, he looked like Tom Cruise whenever Tom Cruise doesn't look good looking. And he's just had this pit bull thing, Swalwell and oh, he's a punk. I disliked him. Let's see. Is that that might be everybody I dislike? Harry Reid already left. I had a problem with him. I, I, I'll never forgive like Harry Reid, Dick Durbin, and Pelosi for undermining the war effort you know, ten years ago. Was it ten? Jesus, fifteen years ago. At this point, um, but um, anybody else jump out at me? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I some of these I, I like the guys who were in the ladies in Congress who came from um the private sector and ran businesses. I think that's important. Our delegation here in Massachusetts, I'm not a Seth Moulton guy. He is um I we went to his office. He was nice enough to have us in, went into his office, and I asked him about Benghazi, and he had basically not even heard of it or told me essentially he didn't hear of it. And I was like, man, that's he also doesn't have uh, much furniture in his office. He makes the guy at the front desk like stand like Seth. It's a military thing, I guess. And they, they just, there was something about that. It's like it, we don't run on the same circles. He did. It did fight in some in a, some horrific battles in in uh, Iraq, though. To his credit, Lori Trahan here. I like as a person. Their politics. Uh, mostly no although in her district her district is um varies a little bit so for instance lowell massachusetts is somewhere where you, you there's a more utilitarian um uh spirit than party politics that i've found anyway maybe i'm 
where you know the people have to get together. It's a it's a gateway city, and they're always trying to improve the city. Sometimes to get stuff done on the on that municipal level, you got to put the uh, politics uh, aside. That's not what you want to hear. What you want to hear today is today. Uh, was the highlight of the uh, Trump press conference, the COVID press conference, and this is something I think you probably didn't know about the coronavirus. Our sole focus is the health and well-being of America's children. I have a, a very, very special person who loves children, who's, who's uh, I think, one of the greatest athletes of all time. A lot of people say the greatest pitcher of all time, <laughs> known as a relief pitcher, could have been whatever he wanted. Some people, he is the greatest reliever of all time by far, substantially more saves than anybody else. In fact, he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom recently, and uh, he, uh, I'm reading off these stats. I knew he was the best. I knew he was great, but I didn't know it was almost double anybody else. But he's a man who loves children, has children, loves children works hard with children. We're going to go outside and be with some little leaguers. Mariano Rivera, you know, he's the Sandman, right? My wife said, darling, why do they call him the Sandman? I said, you know, they play the song. He just puts the batters to sleep. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, having Mariano here is a great honor. Thank you very much. I was talking about children <laughs> in schools. And uh, there's nobody that's done more than you have. Thank you very much, Mariano. Fantastic man. That's a nice aside from the uh, from the COVID nineteen talk. And he was really good. Mariano Rivera, you know, he's the Sandman, he right? He was the Sandman. There's no doubt about that. So I I have no problem with that. You know, and I have actually no problem with even G Trump talking. Well, he took the question about Ghislaine Maxwell. Somebody asked him about it. And he gave her, he said, I uh, wish her the best, essentially, that he'd met her a number of times, which is an odd thing to say. But there's a part of Donald Trump that is, you want non-liar Trump? There you go. He likes Ghislaine Maxwell. He likes Robert Kraft. He likes Tom Brady. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't go too much deeper. You would, you would think that uh, perhaps maybe you'd take, uh, you'd, You'd uh, you go a different direction when asked about her because uh, she. It looks like she and Epstein were a pair of monsters and trafficked in underage girls, and and we'll find out more about that as we. Oh well, I hopefully we'll find out more about that if she can manage to uh, not kill herself. But uh, but the fact that he says that that he says that in in with uh, Mariano Rivera. I don't mind if the, if he goes off script during these things and has a you, you got Mariano Rivera there. He's giving him a, giving him a shout out. Why not? Good for Mariano for actually going there. I'm surprised that he's not uh, canceled. You're not even allowed to to do it. That I can deal with. But if he's going to then now um, tweet about Rosie O'Donnell, then I, I'm I'm done. I'm done with that stuff. You can't keep doing that stuff. I've harped on this enough. I know a lot of people are angry and think I'm just beating up on Trump, but I'm not. He can bring in Mariano Rivera to the to that uh, COVID thing. I would generally think that he should, and, I, and I've thought this for a while, that, that with the COVID thing, he should come out with a, you know, 10-sentence summary of where we are and where we have to go and, um, and what's on the horizon for us, hopefully, you know, as far as vaccine, et cetera, goes. So, 
And then he should hand it off to Pence, who should MC the rest of the thing. And maybe it should be 30 minutes or 40 minutes. But that's, I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned, how I would do that, that kind of thing. But we will see. Hopefully, the death rate, the death rate keeps, um, the percentage death rate keeps falling. Hopefully, this is a, this means that something's happening that either um, all the cases are going up. That either the, did the virus change? Did it? Uh, was there a change in the virus? Which is something I've heard. There's possible. Now I sound like uh, Trump speculating in front of you, but. Uh, did something happen to the virus that have a change, which is something I've heard that is possible? Or does every state, is every state going to have to have a peak? And as long as you can manage to isolate seniors and others with uh, compromised immune systems, you can, uh, you can weather the virus now better than we could two months ago it, with uh, therapeutics and, um, and, and other drugs and other, um, other medical strategies that when they turn people over, I forgot what that's called, overturning, whatever they are, when they just put you on your stomach. It, it, I've heard from health officials and people who run hospitals that that has been a big winner for them. So maybe that'll be the way. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on. There was one thing I wanted to talk about here. I'm going to find it here. Okay. So now, how is it now that we're just finding out that the Redskins logo was inspired um, by a, a Blackfeet Indian leader asked for that. It made us all so proud to have an Indian on a big-time team. It's only a small group of radicals who oppose those names. Indians are proud of Indians. That's Walter Wetzel in 2002 in the Washington Post. How come nobody in the media looked this up? How come nobody talked about this? Why, why didn't anybody bother just taking the time? I mean, we know why. The same way the Washington Post and the New York Times. I mean, you just think, they have hundreds of reporters. They could have dispatched one on this. Maybe they even thousands. I don't know. Well, the Times has no has an endless budget. You know, you could dispatch a reporter to find out things historically, like where the president was when the Benghazi raid happened. Or you could find a, a reporter to to hunt and see if uh, what... Um, what uh, Hunter Biden was up to in the Ukraine and China? You could. They're not. But they could. But everybody's facing in one direction. And now, with with the takeover, the revolution in the New York Times, there's no way they're wasting their time on that stuff. No way. Unless, unless somehow it hits Trump, too. I mean, the only reason I think that there's even all that much interest in Epstein is that he knew Trump. And they're willing to roll the dice here. Just like the... With the Harvey Weinstein stuff a couple of years ago, I think that many people pushing it, who have now since abandoned it, and now now um, you, you do need verification that, that, that something happened. But then they were hoping, okay, if this is the new filter, if this is the new grading system on somebody's, um, somebody's ability, somebody's deservedness to be in a, the political position, position they're in, and we whack Al Franken with this, that means Trump also has to get whacked. And Trump didn't get whacked because he didn't opt in. He doesn't play games like that. He doesn't, and he also doesn't care. <laughs> if you, and it also calls everybody who accuses him of anything a liar. So, but so he didn't get Trump, and that's what I think the Epstein thing now. This, I mean, it's obviously a, a crazy, a compelling story. But I think the hope is many is that you can draw a correlation with Trump. And yes, that might mean some 
painful conversations that mean that you may have to talk about uh, Bill Clinton as well. But you know, he's he's old news now, and actually, he's already been taking his uh, his uh, Weinstein uh, flogging for the stuff he's done. We'll see. If you tell me something, if something happens to Ghislaine Maxwell, is are you not gonna just lose your mind? I mean, that would be incredible. Incredible if that happened. It was incredible that it happened to Epstein. How? People were talking about make sure he doesn't kill himself. People were mentioning it beforehand. And then during when he got into into the jail cell. And suddenly the, the, the monitor's off. And he and he's suddenly and he's dead? It's crazy how this stuff how it happens. It's crazy that Whitey Bulger was put into put into a a prison with uh <laughs> With mafia guys who, uh, you know, who, who had associates that Whitey had sent up. I mean, I just, I don't know. I assume that this is just something that just goes on, and in, in somebody gives you like a hundred bucks and or more, who knows? And you can look the other way. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, so I've worked in. I've worked in industries where things are kind of fixed. You know, I worked in hotels and hotel oversells its rooms every night so that ideally uh, some people won't show up and and um and you've at least sold out every room and you get a perfect sell it's called a perfect sell and that makes everybody very happy. That means that every room is occupied by a paying guest. But you oversell your rooms. Maybe you'll sell 20 extra rooms. And when they came, come walking in, then they usually give the person at the front desk a lie to tell the person because you've got to walk that person now to another hotel and they're going to be angry. And it's usually they're coming in like one in the morning. Um, sometimes when they say we're, we don't have any rooms, unfortunately, we were oversold and somebody, they usually would say that somebody was supposed to check out and they didn't. And unfortunately, we can't by law remove them. This was one of the standard lives I remember. And uh, and then you'd say, but we can't offer you accommodations at this crappy hotel on the street. And and usually it's, you know, like I said, it's early in the morning and people are uh, do not take it well. And that's why, you know, don't work at a hotel front desk. If you don't have to, it, maybe it's good for, for you to see that part of humanity uh, a little bit. But um, what they do is a lot of times in the in the business, the, the room, there are actually rooms. But people have canceled too late, so you, you hold on to those rooms and keep them in your pocket. They're pocket rooms, so that you can, you know, you can either sell the room, give it away, or not because you're already charging for the room nights. So you know why have the person come in there and truly occupy the room when the room is technically occupied anyway? You know, and and also in in hotels, the certainly not me. But the, the concierges used to get kickbacks, cash kickbacks for sending people to certain restaurants. So, you know, that was just, you know, that was a, a little bit of the corruption. I don't think you call it corruption. That's just how it worked. I mean, yes. So if a person wants to go to, a person wants to go to restaurant B, but you convince them to go to restaurant A, restaurant A is giving you a kickback. At the same time, restaurant A is going to make sure that your guest is well taken care of and make that person feel like a million bucks. So, you know, I am giving away rationalizations for any bad behavior here that you'd like. Happy to do it. But, uh, so everything's, I've heard, I heard from somebody, 
that that the Greyhound racing was fixed, that they cut the nails too close, a little closer uh, on the dogs that they want to lose, and the one they want to win, they just leave that guy's paws alone, and there they go. I don't know that that's true, but gambling people know. Gambling, that's the only vice I don't have. Well, that's not the only vice I don't have. I don't, I, there's nothing I do that would have me going to jail. But, um, but I don't have gambling. Thankfully, I don't have the resources to have a gambling problem. Uh, one. Two, I'm not that, like, cool. I don't know a guy to call. I don't know how to walk and talk bookie style to somebody. I don't know how, what the over-under is in any of that stuff. I, I don't have that gene. But I have seen gambling people, when they're reeling big gamblers and they're watching like 18 TVs at once at a bar, they don't seem to be very happy. Unless they get really happy if they hit, but then it's, you know, they usually move money. But, uh, you know, that's what goes on. What else is fixed? Yeah, it's, Let's see. I worked at a, a an upscale uh, bar that was run by a very fancy, or was affiliated with a very fancy university somewhere in or around Cambridge, Massachusetts. And part of the deal was that we would, we would, with the wait, I was a bartender. And so I was told from the women who worked there for, this is the wait staff for multiple decades. I was told how it was going to be. And I was told that what happens is that they're going to come over and bring next to me as the bar that we rolled out there, there would be a big tray and the, the, servers would take the booze would uh, no, the servers would clear tables and they'd put some you know dirty glasses in my tray and i was told that there'd be another glass in my tray and to fill that up with booze and so i did and uh, and it was a it made the servers very happy and you didn't want to make them unhappy but um so yeah that was how that uh, deal worked and there was a time too, I think, and this is all bad behavior stuff. But we work in the service industry a lot, you know. We used to take the um, as a when I was a valet, we would take the cars out to um, first of all, we'd go 175 miles per hour in them all week. First, you wouldn't, but after you do it, after you're up to your 500th car, then you start taking uh, liberties with the with the car. So a lot of times they'd have cool rentals, like a Mustang GT rental or whatever. So, and uh, where I was, we'd drive over the Longfellow Bridge and just gun it, and 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 usually go and buy beer there for later on or whatever, and uh, take the car. Unfortunately, there were times when guys, the bellman in in me, would take the car. And I remember one time in particular, a guy came looking for his car and he didn't have it because we had it. And <laughs> and he was not pleased. And it's tough to explain that kind of thing away. Although it's hard for, I think it's hard for a lot of people, hotel guests, to believe that the staff just helps themselves to all the cars. <laughs> I don't know if millennials do that. And and uh, I was shocked. I was shocked. There's some, but in every occupation, you know, there's something that you do that's uh, that's a little unethical at the time. And not, I mean, not, now I'm in newspapers and you. you there's nothing. I mean, maybe it's still stationary, but other than that, there's nothing. Um, I mean, this is the public record here, and not only is it your own reputation and ethics here, but if you if you screwed around with journalism or being um, with impartiality or screwing with facts, then you're 
you're doing something that's pretty damn near criminal, and I would say certainly immoral, and you'd be whacked and let go immediately for that kind of thing. Not that hey, hey, I covered all. I I talk about the New York Times and CNN. I talk about the media. Is it that maybe that's just where I am? That's not everywhere. That is not all of the media. The media now, you know, like we talk about all the time, they're they're activists. So you're not only is it okay now to uh, obfuscate and distort and and uh, and almost uh, create from out of thin air. Uh, content that is uh, that is twisted, that is inaccurate, but it's rewarded in a lot of these newsrooms. I think that uh, if you look at um, if you look at um, the the uh, New York Times and what happened now, uh, now management and some of those papers are afraid of the of the staff. So I mean that kind of thing just happens. But I don't know. Thank you for listening, by the way. Thank you for uh, all the five star stuff. Now at this point. If it were me listening, this is where I would turn the podcast off because I know it's ending. So I have on my like iTunes, maybe the same with me. I have like thirty seconds left of like eighty four podcasts because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out of here. He's wrapping up. But uh, thank you. Feel free to if you'd like to leave a nice um, re five star review and uh, comment and things like that if you'd like to. There I go. As usual, being uh, just a master wordsmith. And um, we will do this all again tomorrow. I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you, uh, the output, the output, the input I'm getting from folks in on social media. Get me at Twitter, at Tom Shattuck on Twitter, Winchester at Gmail, W-I-N-N-C-H-E-S-T-E-R at gmail.com. And um, I'll see you around. I've been, uh, I was in, on WRKO today in WTIC, RKO with VB, TIC with Todd Feinberg. I will be on um, probably, I assume, with Jerry Callahan next week at some point. I love his podcast. I think he's doing a great job. Maybe I'll jump on. Maybe I'll, someday I'll find myself in the Kirk Minahan show. Do you think? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know if I'm – I don't think I've got the skills <laughs> for it. <laughs> but he's got a great show, by the way. Also from Winchester, Massachusetts. from the nice side of town. I've already told you this. All the other media guys from Winchester are from the better part of town. That's Gustin, Ockerbloom. Um, Kirk Minahan and poor Tom Shattuck was from the poor side of town uh, rubbing right up against Stoneham and Woburn ugh Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.